Training Gang Guys, episode number 15. We got a really interesting topic today, right? We have a very interesting topic. I want to go address it so much and over the years, because I've been, I've, I've seen so much of it going on. I've had, I'm actually really interested in it too. A lot of questions and a lot of things that hopefully you can answer as well. And hopefully I can answer it to the extent of my ability. But today uh, we are going to be talking about steroids and effect on the body. Now, I want to get into it by talking about why do you think athletes, well, it's not about why do I think athletes need to use steroids because the answer is apparent. You want to enhance a certain aspect that is lacking to gain a beneficial um, advantage, advantage over, over something that you're trying to pursue, right? Got it. Why do you think it's so prevalent in society right now regarding to athletics, especially bodybuilding? Um, I feel like that world has been very skewed in different ways. And there's a lot of different federations out there that you can choose from. There's plenty. But I feel like the main ones are are geared towards using steroids. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Elaborate? Yes. Well, you got a lot of kids today, 17, 18. They're just starting, maybe 16. And they're going to the gyms and their their boys are getting bigger and stronger quicker, right? They don't know how it's happening, but some people peer pressure, it makes them make rational decisions. Irrational, sorry. And they might go take PEDs, but what people don't understand is PEDs is not really a solution. It's it's a facilitator. <clears throat> and can you explain what a PED is? It's a performing enhancing drug. It's very commonly used in sports. It's using bodybuilding. It's using the working out world. It's using Hollywood. It has anti-aging effects, right? Um, it helps your body absorb nitrogen. That's protein a lot quicker. You absorb more protein and nitrogen. What could that mean? More muscle, right? Uh, but a lot of people tend to think it's a magic shot or a magic pill. It's really not. It's, well, ju- it's, just, a, it's just an accelerant or a, an accelerator or a facilitator. That's all it is. You still got to work and you got to still work hard, but it's something that will reward you quicker if you do the right thing as opposed to, eh, let me just take and do 90 push-ups and go to the club. Maybe I'll be bigger. No. Yeah. And we've known so many people over the years that have, and I'll use this word very sensitively, but abuse the, the drug to an extent where I've had training partners over the years, especially where it would almost take over. And I noticed not not just a change in personality, but more of an addiction quality geared towards, I'm not going to use this because it's going to enhance a certain aspect of myself and I'm not condoning it in any way, but in a fact of, hey, I want to enhance myself, but more or less I'm using it now as a drug because I'm addicted to it. Yeah. And I need to use it and I don't care if I'm going to use it. We have, we have one friend in common we won't name, but um, he had he has abused it so much to the point where it kind of lost control. Yeah, at the, at the age of what he was like, maybe sixteen, something like that, seventeen. I think he started that age. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of took over and spiraled yeah. out of control where he kind of lost himself. Big guy, but I remember him coming uh, up to me sometimes and and having like a a blood bag attached to him because he was dra- there was blood draining from uh, oh, really? a hematoma that he had oh, in God. his chest. And it was something that was cool to him, but in 
in my head, I'm racking my brain. I'm saying to myself, isn't this supposed to be about enhancing your health and not destroying your health? health, yeah. Exactly. So I just feel like that has been so skewed so much to where people find that reward so beneficial to them and it and it destroys their health rather than actually aiding themselves you you nailed it why do you think you're so susceptible at a younger age to do it rather than at an older age i guess peer pressure impacts you harder when you're younger that's what comes to the forefront of my brain um not everyone is built the same especially when they're around their homeboys that getting jacked quick bigger and they say that can't be true it's this guy's 17 i'm 17 why is that happening quicker well how can i make it happen quicker for me and that's when these things if they're at your disposal if you have friends that are using them you're already creating the environment to slip the question is when are you going to slip but it sounds like an inevitable situation undeniably you're going to slip yeah because back in the day they there were a lot of people that had admitted that they were using and it was it was obvious in the golden age but it was mm-hmm. more or less nowadays they're like oh how you contradict yourself you've used before but now you're against them and it's kind of like <laughs> well at that time what people don't realize is that they were just like another supplement yeah. being handed over and you got it through different means but it was like oh try this new supplement that's out so true but, freely too freely. absolutely and it was very very freely talked about until it became People started to see the detrimental effects on the body and they started doing more analysis and science. And then hence, boom, the mass monsters came out right after, I think, Lee Haney's time in the 80s. Yeah, Dorian When he won eight Olympias, right? <clears throat> yeah. And Dor- we started to see these giants come out. Huge. And that was when things became, okay, someone needs to advocate for something like this. I don't think they were capable of doing that because everyone was chasing the next man. So just to set the record, Lee Haney, then there's Dorian Yates, right? So they want to create a Jay Cutler or a Ronnie Coleman. So everyone sets the bar higher and higher to the point where they're blinded to go be like a Frank Zane. Right. And, and that, expose, that not, not expose them, but just reintroduce them to what the aesthetics and symmetry of bodybuilding actually stood for. It's because it's been taken out of context. It's been blown out of disproportion where the goals are, are so high, they're all, almost unattainable, or they put you on the par of flirting with death because of the chemicals involved. Yeah, or nobody you was look looking at somebody that. and you're saying, wow, look at Frank Zane. <clears throat> We're going to study looking body. It's something that was sexy, something appealing. Even the earlier guys, you go back to, um, you know, the, the dawn of, uh, what was it, Steve Reeves, Steve right? Reeves, Hercules, it yeah. looked amazing. I mean, such a, such a beautiful looking body and, and how things have evolved and progressed to the point where it just wasn't sexy anymore. Didn't, didn't look appealing anymore. That factor was gone because now you're, you're putting in a lot of growth hormone. You're putting in a lot of things that are in large parts of your body that are irreversible. Organs. Yeah. Um, once you take the abdominals out of the whole visual the picture the symmetry is gone the beauty is gone the aesthetics are gone because people pretty much when they see the human body in front of them they may not know this but the eyes gravitate to the stomach that's associated with being a masculine trait he's got a strong core you got a strong core you got a hero you got good stability good balance he's strong he or she and they're capable of moving in all different planes of motion with proper human flexibility as opposed to ones that might be frozen and stuck in some planes because they only accentuate other planes. Sure. Right? 
Well, even for myself, I've been approached many times to take, and I that was something that always had really scared me because I I was afraid to do, I was afraid to step into that zone. It should scare you. It did, you know, especially in bodybuilding. When I was doing, when I was running through my circuit in the beginning, I said, okay, I have to make a choice now because I ha- I was able to win successfully, but it was not taking me to the next level, and I already saw the change of going away from aesthetics again. No going good. back into yeah. mass monsters. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, I have to make a choice on doing something that would be the antithesis of what you're trying to body build. You're trying Correct. to create, create an environment in a sport that promotes health and fitness. Yeah. And I want to ask you, were you ever approached at a certain time? And what made you think a certain way? What made you, were you afraid ever? Funny story. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear it. <clears throat> I went to John Dewey High School. I was about, 16 years old and there was this kid uh, his name is out of the question but um he was always bullied always beat up he's a nice kid i remember the following summer he came back he looked like the father of the kid he he over he, he became over masculine in the jaw his face even looked older because these things tend to age the cells on your body at a quicker pace look more manly he was 15 he looked about 21 right and his veins were popping out, his muscles were bulging out of his clothes. He was so big that it changed his personality. But all the other kids started doing it, following him. I didn't do it. I had access to it, but I would deny it. And all it would take was one stupid thing. I'd ask around, let me ask you something. You know something about X, Y, and Z? Yeah, man, it really messes with your heart. Once I hear what someone says something about your heart, I've heard that a lot too. I deviate a bit. I step away because I have a little bit of myocarditis. They say I don't. I think I do. And I have an irregular heartbeat. It's not from, it's just inherently how I am. Mm -hmm. Since I was a kid. Um, I didn't go near it. I didn't go near it. When I was 23, I was chased around a table from someone. This is a crazy story. With a syringe. Come here, you. It was the guy, remember I told you my best friend was 14? His cousin was 27. I remember this story clearly. Mm. And I admired him because he was big and strong, right? So I became good friends with him. I was cutting out of high school, going to hang out with him. He wouldn't even care. What kind of 27-year-old doesn't go? Go back to school. But we were working out. So one day, I look on his living room table. He's got this thing in the middle, a bunch of needles and pills. I'm like, wow, stuff is just out in the open question to him without revealing his name what is that and he'd say oh come here your genetics are better than mine i think i never seen someone with such a round chest and big arms i want to make it bigger he would chase me with it with an intent to really jab you know not joking and you knew too it's something you felt didn't resist it nothing i would say my first time using testosterone was about 31 a lot of people would tell me, kid, listen, you're going to be around a lot of things that are going to bother you. You're going to want to take the shortcut. Said, just trust in this. Your body's on steroids at 21. It's on. Embrace it. Enjoy it. You're going to get the same pumps. I mean, you're not going to get the same pumps if you enhance your body, but what your body's fully ready to do, you should accept it. And when you hit a wall, it might be 25, 26. And your goal is to be an athlete that the next guy next to you was doing the same thing, only if it's your passion. And you need to be on an even playing ground because this is where you're getting paid. 
I can understand that. But I wrote it all the way out to the end. And be because of that, PEDs haven't really done much for me. You say, look at his size. What is he? I beg to differ. Let me explain. I was about 188 pounds before I touched them. 188. And what was part of that 188 was when they made pro-hormones, if you remember, mm -hmm. legal. So that was my first adventure going down the testosterone valley, right? Yeah. I used pro-hormones and I knew how to stack them. I got quick, real quick, strong. And by stacking them, what do you mean by that? So with, with pro-hormones, there's precursors to two different types of hormones what people may know, may not know. <clears throat> Androstendiol which comes in different forms, like four androstendiol, whatever the number is, which is a different composition. Is, that's when they call it andro, right? Yes. It's, it's actually androstene. And they change different names, androstendione, androstendiol. What it really is, is it's the whole chemical structure of how testosterone works. That's all it is. It's now been encapsulated. Well, it's been in the form of a capsule and they deem it legal. So people were taking it, people getting strong like myself. So without getting deviating too far from the topic at hand, I hit 188. And I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to the gym until I deadlift 315 with 10 reps. I had a gym in my basement at the time. I actually got it off the ground for six or seven times. I was convinced, let me go to the gym. And that's actually when I started going to the gym, believe it or not. That was wow. that. But when it comes to the PEDs, I hit 188 and I realized I noticed down this journey, once upon a time, what two capsules did for me, now I need four. I got as high as six. I said, I'm not going to try going to eight because I know these are capsules and they're broken down in the liver. And sometimes it does a couple of bypasses, which is more disturbance. The liver is a friggin' organ. You well, don't want to lose that. What's fascinating for me is that you were actually knowing what, the, what what effect it would have if you were to use for the extreme where I feel like people get so lost in this right. fog right. of having this high of growth, constant growth, constant right. gains, right. and they just will will take the eight. We'll then say, okay, it's not working. Let me take 12. Yeah. Okay, that's not working. And then sooner or later, you have someone that yeah, kills themselves off. No, that wasn't my mentality. Right. I, was, I was smart and I was stupid, both. Stupid meaning my decisions, but I was smart. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I always knew about these things. If I like something, I look into it. And I become receptive to it. So they also had something called, what's it called again? It represented an anabolic steroid. So the androstendiol represented an androgenic. What that is, that's a male characteristic hormone that we have. Some men are low in that. They're low in what they call, how's it called again? They're low in testosterone. So what they'll do is they'll go on something like that. That's naturally occurring. It exemplifies how they should feel, how they shouldn't feel naturally normally. Mm. The other one was 1919 norandro. That represented an anabolic steroid. So what happened was when you, Started with one, and when that was not working as well, you added the anabolic with the androgenic, you had two different effects. The anabolic made you slightly bigger and carry some more water, which could be a bad thing too because of the water retention and the sodium. You know, bad for your brain. It could be that, and I stacked the two of them, and I put on another pound or two. But then I wasn't putting no more. And I said, I'm not going to go higher on the dosage. I'm going to switch compounds. But what do you switch to? They didn't have nothing else on the pro-hormone scale. They had androtropin. You remember that one? That was a growth hormone releasing what they call a secretog. 
a precursor to growth hormone. Okay. I threw that in the stack too, but I didn't get more, more, I didn't get like a little bigger, but I got harder looking. I was like, I'll make the exchange. It's pretty fair. Needless to say, well, getting into it, about a year later is when I made a switch to testosterone. <clears throat> really went over it, really looked into it, and I said to myself, I'm going online seeing these scary things on how people take them. Thank God I'm not, I'm not just listening to that. 400 milligrams, 500 milligrams, 600 milligrams. How are you starting off with that? I looked it up. I used 100 milligrams, 100, and my body responded to it. And when it stopped responding, I might have went up 25 milligrams. I was never a heavy doser. I didn't have to. I had a big base. It was 188. And you I only weigh 198. So you tell me what they did for me. 10 pounds. Right. Most people get 40 pounds. I've Why seen that. I've pounds? seen that happen. Because they have no they have no stable they have no stable body, no stable physique. They didn't earn the muscle tissue. They're obtaining it a different way. So like a balloon, it goes down. That was my next question is that when it's, it's also the fear of people kind of getting off of it, that they're going to lose that almost as having like a diet in a way where you haven't had carbohydrates inside you. And then you start eating carbohydrates, start now gaining weight back. In this case, you start losing muscle. And that's always a fear that, Hey, I need to now increase, 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 increase. You're listening deeply to this conversation, right? Yeah. Do you know why they have that fear? Because they know underneath that body is not a normal body. What I mean by that is, so when I train hard, I primed my body to be big naturally. I primed it. So if PEDs only had 10 more pounds to offer, when they go away, I know I'll never go below 190. That makes much sense to me. And, and it's more knowledgeable than what other people would actually think. So they might think, hey, I might go back down to 160, but it, it would be... I guess scientifically impossible for what your body weight was before. Because they became delusional at some point. They really believe, wow, I, I earned all this muscle. They don't know any better. They're just injecting something or taking a pill and they're watching progress. They don't know how it's happening. And they're not going to say, well, I don't have a natural physique. You know, I, I, I didn't do nothing to attain. I don't, I don't have any accolades that I attained to reach a plateau. I just went straight in it because I was weak-minded. You understand? I do. I do. It's such a it's such a important thing to understand because it, think about what I'm saying. Yeah, think just about think going about it. into that. I'm not gonna just say something and I corroborate it with some kind of theory so your brain can understand that. I might paint you a picture, a visual. So I'm really into helping people but explaining why. I don't care if you walk away and never speak to me again. At least you walked away with one more German knowledge. And I'm so happy I did it for you. Yeah. And I mean, as, as far as all that goes, what made you shift and say, you know, I'd like to maybe get away from this now. And I'd like to do things in a different way. I shifted away from it at about, I'd say six, seven years ago. And I traded it in for a testosterone replacement therapy. That's going to a doctor and he runs your blood work. He makes sure that you have a stable amount of testosterone in your body so you don't suffer from depression so you don't suffer from lethargic fatigue mm. right you don't dis you don't disturb yourself from uh, slowing down your metabolism because it's, it's a hormone your thyroid hormone so testosterone activates all your hormones that's all it does you have an endocrine system thyroid gland adrenal gland 
Lady sells your testes, your, your scrotum, where you produce sperm. Once you start supplying your body with an inordinate amount of testosterone synthetically, it, everything activates even quicker. Boom, 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 boom. All the glands. So the body's going nuts and it responds. It gets stronger, more aggressive, more assertive. Where do you think the, the aggression comes from? Your red blood cell production. Your red blood cell product, your red blood cells become more oxygenated because of this rush of this synthetic chemical that's making you into like Superman. You become an addicted before your very own eyes. You understand? I do. You got to understand the power it has too and respect it. I respected its power. I didn't sit there and abuse that stuff because I liked what I saw in the mirror. You know, I really, I really reached what I wanted. I just wanted a little better. I don't want to be overly big. I still want to move. And I, I was always like that. I mean, I went through a small phase where I just kept building, 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 and not really acknowledging conditioning like I did when I was younger, when I was a ball player. It's an athlete. It's not like I didn't know how to combine it, though. And when I see myself walking upstairs to a doctor one day just to get blood work done, an annual, what they call a CBC, complete blood control, I would think CBP, panel, whatever, it's all the same shit. Going up on the second, third floor, I'm like, I'm too young to feel like this. I says, wow, it's all that muscle you're carrying up. You're not conditioned, pal. And you know how to condition yourself from your retrospective upbringing. Just, bro, just integrate it. Put it in. Create a different program design. And now when I lift heavy, I superset with old calisthenics, maybe pull-ups, I might do reciprocal inhibition. I have seen you do a lot of that, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Now it registers a lot, just correlating those two stories now. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too far off, but I will say this much. when for Guys, when you do chest and back, do them. They work together. There's a relationship. Here's my favorite workout, actually. They're reciprocals. When, so when you're bench pressing coming forward, you're causing internal rotation of the shoulder, okay? you all, Now, the muscle in the back is actually lengthening, coming wider, and your pec minor, or your front belt, Everything's tightening up. A muscle tear is around the block. So when you, you match it with back, which is going to be performed in an external rotation, that's your thumbs away from your body doing a pull down, look what you're doing back to that short muscle. You're teaching it to lengthen and open and fire. You go back to a bench press, bong, you're right here. Back exercise, boom. They have a, they have a relationship. People just keep doing push, 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 push. They look great, but little by little, you're killing the muscles back here that control the same part of your scapula that causes internal rotation. One goes external rotation, but there's a relationship. You understand? It's a symphony. They're attached to the same yeah. muscle, basically. So when you disacknowledge the back and over comp you overcompensate doing the front more, you get an imbalance. So getting back to the PEDs. Yeah, now talking about that. Sorry about that. Not at all. That was informative information. Um, you're a plethora of knowledge. That's why I always <laughs> pick your brain on so much stuff. I love what I do. I know you do. And that's why having you here and talking about this is super important. What is, what is something that you've learned that you would maybe tell either your younger self or you'd tell people that were getting involved in this to be wary of? Because it's not something that, okay, you have the mass monsters now that have been competing for millennia and the Mr. Olympia, IFBB and all that stuff. And I don't take anything away from those guys because you still got to put in the work. You yeah. still got to go to the gym. Yeah. You still got to lift. It's not a miracle thing where you're going to pump something into yourself and then you're just going to magically look a certain way. Mm. You have to have the genetics. You have to go and, and work your ass off in sure. order to get to where you want to be. 
like anything else. Exactly. And that's why they have different federations. If you don't like that one, go to a different one. Just like myself. I know that I want to go choose a different way. After uh, a, a mass amount of time, I said, okay, now they're going back to classic physique. I'm going <laughs> to dabble in that world because I am competitive in that world by doing what I want to do. Good for right? you. Good for you, brother. So I know a lot of people that just want to experiment but don't know when to stop don't know what they're doing what knowledge did you have what do you mean stopping what well they wanted to engage in steroid use but they wanted to gain more muscle off of it but instead of having i feel like there's this quick fix now there's so much of it in america where it's just hey i don't care what i have to do just get me to lose weight i don't care what i have to do just get me bigger Mm-hmm. I'll take all this on the table. Fine. I don't care what the hell it's going to do to me. I'm going to get bigger. That's what okay. I'm going to do. I'm going to take it. What education did you have at that point for yourself that you were like, okay, I'm going to do this correctly. This is how it's systematically. This is too much. I'm going to stop here. You had a very thought- thoughtful process on how things were going to work. Structured, because yeah. It was very, very structured. Structured. Since I'm not big. <laughs> so I was always... Even when I was in um, elementary school, so I was arm wrestling, lifting dumbbells and curls. Because my older brother had weights, so I was always doing it. So because I was always doing it, it's kind of like a fighter who's taught how to throw jabs at two years old. Or straight out of the woman's womb, throwing jabs, right? Yeah. He's just destined to be that way. He's going to be wired to know what to do. So I always worked hard as a kid, no matter what I did. It kind of just segued into my training life. Like I only knew how to look at it one way. I don't look, I didn't start going to the gym to go, I can't wait to engage in a social outlet and meet friends. I, I really didn't do that. Do I respect and appreciate the ones I met along my journey that I still talk to? I love you all, absolutely. But I'm talking about my initial intent. Because to get my attention in the gym and talk, you must have been a pretty cool person, made a good impression. Otherwise, I don't want to know nothing but the weights. That's just what I how I right it's the think. way you're wired and the way you're the way you're going to get the most out of your workout it's just how i think you know it's just never changed never changed never got weaker because there's a, a cause and effect for going in there you know yeah so when i would go in there it just drove me to do what i did and it's the direct result of why i'm the way i'm what the way i am today i'm always going to be that way I'm always going to be that way. Well, you know what I find? This so controls good. everything, John. This, this is does. everything. The mind controls everything. You know what I find so commendable about you yeah. is that so many people are asked these types of questions, but they're just afraid of the answer. What answer? Meaning that, hey, you know, are you doing this? Are you abusing? Are you doing that? Are you taking anything? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. What makes you think that? I'm not doing that. And I feel like it's it's a responsibility to... If you're going to do something, own up. And a lot yeah. of that is gone nowadays. Some people just like to live in secrecy. Don't think it starts there and ends there. It might keep going in their life. Like they're just in denial. And I don't expect someone to go to a local priest and go, hi, do you know where I can get an eight ball? Right. I understand because I wouldn't want no one to know my business either. Absolutely. But like if I'm engaging with someone that I'm talking to as a cool friend for weeks on top of months, must be a reason I'm doing that because I know you could respect what I could tell you. Yeah. Those are the differences. It's the same way anyone would, would say to someone else where it's don't engage in, let me hold for this uh, siren one more time. Simon, get out of here. <laughs> it, it does feel like Brooklyn. 
Okay. We'll pray for those people as well. But I want to say that it's it's almost the same as if you're saying that, hey, I have something personal that like I want to share, but I'm not going to share that to somebody or anyone. You want to do it to a trusted source, right? And maybe what? that person that's asking is delivering an intent of trying to use that against you now, trying to make make and exploit you in a way where it's like, oh, I know that guy's secret. Now let me tell everyone in the gym in order to make that guy feel insignificant or feel or feel like he's been slated in a way. Well, that's that that happens because once again they have a personal problem within themselves. That to me, from what I just heard, I heard every word you said. It's almost like a person going, "Hey, I don't know much much as anybody. I don't know too much, and I'm around this smart person, and now I'm going to go and regurgitate exactly what they said, so it could give me a sense of inflated ego." Meanwhile, you're not the originator. You don't own the copyrights. So if someone asked you, could you elaborate on your theory? They wouldn't know what to do. They choke up because right. it's not part of their whole script. You understand? Yeah, it's, you get it. It's the same exact way of going in the gym. Where I've, I've seen that, by the way, I've, I've seen it too. That's why I addressed it. When I see it, I say, "Thank you for showing me that." You're one person I don't want to talk to because I can see you're only hanging around just to get what you could exploiting somebody. Get yeah. what you can get from them. That's the thing I don't like about it is that the honesty is not is not there. On, on one side and it's the other side that's being honest pouring this harder or saying it's something very hard in this world to find that but. it's super hard I remember people coming up to me in the gym and, and were like oh what are you what are you taking and at the first time I heard that I took it as a huge compliment because I was like what do you what do you mean oh I've got I've got my, my BCAAs and my protein powder and this kind of stuff. I was like, like, what do you they're, mean? They're setting you up to say something great. Yeah, setting you up for disaster. You know disaster. what I take? I'm taking your sister out for dinner tonight. <laughs> That's what I take. Yeah. Why do you say that? It makes you so angry because it gets so it gets dumb. involved in what plan of attack were you trying to aim? I yeah. want to feel superior out of that day and I want to make sure that I made everyone feel lower than me because I'm king of this gym. Yeah. And I'm going to walk away with my head up high doing exercises I don't even know that I found in the Flex magazine. And I'm barely doing the exercise correct, but I can I can lift the whole rack and do partials on the whole rack and then scream while I do it. And I I mean to mock that in a very specific way. It's because you have an intent now to engage in a conversation, yeah. to belittle someone else and put them down, or you're trying to gain and extract information so you can use it to exploit for your own for your own purpose. I'd rather you I'm not against I'm not opposed to helping people. You know, I love that. Yeah. But I'd rather you listen and I tell you something or question me and I tell you something. Just just go live it. Right. Go practice that. Did it practice help what it? you preach too. Did it help you? I'm happy. I want, I want to help people. I really do. I don't want to not help people. I want to help them. Because they give me a certain feeling. It's like this sadistic person doing evil things to people. They get something from that, right? Because they're miserable people maybe. Yeah. I, being a very passionate person about what I do, if I can make, if I can bring someone out of an uncomfort zone and make their body better, which in turn makes their mind better, I not only do I see the visual change in their body, but I see their face glowing, happy to be there. It makes me happy to be there. I want to go back to what, what I was talking about is that I remember training side by side between, by these mass monsters. Yeah. And they were training for Mr. Olympia's and I was side by side with them. And, you know, I gave them the respect that they deserved because I'm, I don't really care, you know, what you're doing. You're, I'm not your mom, I'm not your dad. Of course. Right? So I'm not going to put that kind of a pressure on you. You're your own person. You do what you want to do. But I got this, I gave the same respect back 
because I knew that I was working just as hard as that guy next to him and he was working just as hard as I was. Sure. There was no difference except for the chemicals that were between us. And I, I didn't choose to do it only because, like I said, I was very afraid steroids. And, yeah, of, of steroids and I didn't want to I didn't want to venture into that domain because I felt like it was about promoting health and I wanted to bring that golden age back. Wow. And so as I stopped and I pursued other venues, that didn't stop me. It was because I had, I had accomplished what I wanted to at that moment and I wanted to venture into different worlds. But Got it. I did. I will say that I kept an eye on it because I'm a big fan of bodybuilding throughout the course of it. Watched all the Mr. Olympias and everything. PEDs you kept an eye on? What are you talking about? Just, the, just the bodybuilding. Got it. Never kept an eye on the PEDs. But- I knew that it was obviously there mm -hmm. when people were competing of in the course. highest competition for bodybuilding in the land. Yeah. When it shifted back to classic physique, I was like, okay, this is where this is where the aesthetics come back. There's different federations for that. But I never I never kind of discredited you or anyone else for for doing what you had to do. Because right. like I said, I'm not your keeper. No, of course. Never want to do that to people because, like, like I said, people make decisions for reasons. Some of them make no sense, but when you go into things competitively, sometimes things change. It's a different ball game. I think that's a, the pressure of that, and the pressure that either the federation puts on to make sure that, or the next guy, because you know that he's going to be using a full deck. Still using the next something. guy, not the federation. Exactly. But the federation becomes acclimated to it. And now they have standards that they, they, they want to see something better. Think about people on Instagram. They right. see a crazy post. They want to see more crazy. It's always about the next best thing. Thank you. In everything, in yeah. every aspect. It can be in entertainment. It can be in the next book. It can be the next- Next fighter. Uh, yeah, the next fighter, the next song. It's always about what's, what's going to top the last part, right? <laughs> and can you top that last part? I think Ronnie Coleman was the last one that had, uh, had what, uh, eight in a row. Yeah. And Seven oh, on and off, right? On and off, he had eight. <laughs> And after that, it just became what's going to be better than Ronnie. But even he's paying the price in certain ways with different health aspects, right? Yeah, man. He's been in a wheelchair for a long time. I know he's out now. I'm pretty sure he's out. But the guy's got a lot of screws in him, a lot of rods in him. Was it worth it? What do they ask him? And I like, I like Ronnie Coleman. I got to meet him he's before. Real, he's a real nice Super guy. Super duper nice real guy. Real nice guy. And I, all the respect goes out to him, but it was, you know, thinking of that aspect of the next best thing and the next biggest thing is, yeah. you know, you, you start to think about, okay, at what cost? I've known a lot of bodybuilders that have died yeah. off of this kind of stuff from abuse of it. Young too. You know, it's, that's the sad part about these things. You see the next guy dropping, dropping like flies and you wonder, uh, is that worth it? Sucks. I see it. They go from as young as 26, Dallas McCarver, yeah, all the way up to, um, Sean Roden, was he 46, 47? Something like that. Yeah, man, dead, just like that. But be careful. Some people have heart conditions too. So they're kind of predisposed to problems, more, more side effects. Right. But they overlook it because when it comes to aesthetics, competition, muscle mass, all these things people are used to chasing going a certain route. When you take that route out, they become confused and not know what to do. It's like a fighter with one punch, an overhand right. He's knocking everyone out. One guy comes along, can't hurt him, fighter panics. I don't know nothing otherwise. You understand? I do understand that. I also want to make another point on, I feel like there's two different types. I say I feel like because it is my opinion. But there's two different types of people that would 
use steroids. And there's the person that is trying to accentuate to go into something like athletics and yeah. wants to enhance something to be better mm-hmm. at a quicker pace. Athletic competition, you mean? Athletic competition could Basketball. be, I mean, we've seen it in baseball. I'm sure it goes on in NFL, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't take away from the person that's doing it. Like I said, you do what you've got to do. I'm not your keeper. But at the same time, I also have the other coin of, I almost feel as if it's another addiction for if you have a problem with drugs. I know what you're That is the next thing for you if you're a big guy and you want to get bigger, that you're now going to substitute that or maybe combine them, but you're going to substitute it. And now this is going to be your drug and you'll take whatever at whatever cost because you have an addiction to it. Whereas for you, it was very fascinating for me here because it was almost like you just cut the emotion off of it and it was a systematic thing. And that was really interesting for me to kind of hear because it branches off into two different cycles of yeah. one that loses control yeah. and one that has semi-control and one that has full control. It, it branches in the same back. A semi and full leads the same way. Yeah. But the out of control is completely skewed. I agree. I wanted to say something though. A lot of people have a misunderstanding on PEDs. A lot of people think that PEDs, they associate that with violence. We spoke about that before. We did. Oh, that was the next topic I was going to talk about, the roid rage. People have this misconception of what that actually is and the violence you of it. want to segue into it? Yeah. Talk about the violence first, though, because <clears throat> I'm curious about what you think. What violence? There is no violence. It's only what you bring to the table. So if you're, you're a person that is predisposed to anger, a person with a quick fuse, for whatever reason, resolve or unresolved, quick fuse, you take PEDs, more than likely, I don't like to say anything is set in stone, right? But more than likely, you're going to become a hothead. If you're a person who's calm and you engage in that, you're not going to get more calm. You're just not going to change. You might see little tweaks in here or there, like maybe you're driving the car. You know you're operating a 2,000-plus pound vehicle, and some clown comes gavelanting through. Triple lane cross. Yeah, like they're tested. They're, they're competing with a vehicle. Come on, bro. A vehicle? Really? You're setting up a bad situation. Was it even coined from something like road rage? Now it's road rage as well. They're very it's similar. Very, it's just anger. Oh, you're so angry because you're just, you're, you're just, because you're using stuff. That's why you're angry. Take it from the source. Depends who's telling you. Right. Insecure guy, insecure man telling you that maybe it's triggering something that he has within himself that he hasn't resolved. Uh, if it's another person, a competitor of yours, Maybe no matter what they do, they can't attain what you have. So they lash out. Dude, just don't even take it serious. Well, I will say that in competition, period, because I've competed in non-natural competitions and natural competitions, and I was always a natural. Credits to you, man. Well, I did it also because I love the federation. You know, MPC, IFBB, those are are amazing federations, I think, still. I still think they have a lot to work on because of how much is used in the professional realm once you get to IFBB. Yeah. But- I will say backstage, nobody ever talked or commented on that. And even if you want to ask and be, because it's, it's kind of an abrasive, kind of like a dick question to ask <laughs> back there, right? Is if it gonna, really? It is. If you're going to go up to the next guy and say, hey, I see you using this and this and this and this, it kind of destroys your intent already, what we talked about. Your that credibility, intent. right? Now I have an intent of finding out why. Yeah. I didn't give a shit about that. It was FBI. more about the camaraderie that was there. People were just, Hey man, this and this and this. And if you got, I got to know another bodybuilder where 
we were now putting the overall. So we each won our division mm -hmm. and he was the lightweight. And we were all competing in that overall bracket. And I'm just, you know, I'm there singing. I'm, I'm not going to realistically not going to win this. I'm just going to give him a good show because I was not massive like the other guys. I, I held my own in my own weight class. So you were conditioned. They were more like mass monsters. Yeah. And even the guy that won, I believe he was usually goes to like a light heavy prime class at light oh, heavyweight. Wow. wow. Um, but guy was shredded more props to him one because he looked fantastic and he was the best bodybuilder there that day yeah but the lightweight in me became friends and afterwards wow. i was like man i see your legs are so shredded and he was like yeah man because he goes honestly do you take and i said no i haven't i haven't taken and he goes honestly that's what helped me get a little bit more definition to this level wow and i thought that was kind of fascinating too because Humbling. he very humble and that's that's the difference where I feel in that stage, they're very humble and they'll gladly talk about it in an, in an indirect way, but then it, they'll be very direct if they're humble about, the, about it. But right, they, won't, yeah. they won't kind of approach, they won't be the guy in the gym that comes up to you and says, hey man, what are you using? I know you're using something. <laughs> you're looking like that, right? They'll never be that guy because they have more respect for themselves. They're doing it because of a goal-oriented reason. Not going to condone it or anything, yeah. like I said, but at the same time, is at least you get that. At least you get the work ethic. John, you're a bodybuilder, right? I am. I don't know if I'm finished there or not, but we're going to see next year. We'll see. I think you're my only bodybuilding friend. Shout out to you, brother. Really? Yeah, meaning that's what's talking about this. I can't relate to much what they say. I don't really make friends with them. They're different personalities for yeah. me. So a lot of them will approach and they'll ask me things sometimes straight up. When is the show? What shows you talking about? Well, that's what I always said to you. You look like you'd be able to dominate a uh, a, a physique, classic physique, easily. I always had that mentality, a competitive mentality. You do. You train I like train, you're training for a contest. I train like on a like, daily exactly. basis. There's no there's no break, which is all. Awesome. It's amazing. A lot of people don't know the backstory to me. Why I train like this? Yeah, tell us. But the truth is, I never got into the sport of bodybuilding. <laughs> I just doesn't do it. I respect the hard work. So a lot of people growing up in my era were doing that. So that's what you naturally started doing, right? Putting in hard work or being bodybuilders? Putting in hard work for me, at least, not for them. I found that I was strangely very strong. It's like 145 pounds, 150. Doing 80-pound dumbbell presses like 15, 16 times. Skinny kid, it's a lot of weight for I got it that weight. Yeah. 16 years old, too. I found that was so strong, I got strong even quicker. Now, PEDs didn't really do much to the strength, but they added. But most of my strength, I got big bones, naturally. I only- You have a very firm shake as well, handshake. Yeah, hand uh, form, wrist strength. Yeah. Uh, I only would know how to lift really heavy weights. And I felt that if something was light, I wanted to push the, the threshold. And I found that my threshold was so far. 110s, 120s, 130s, one, up to the 145s. I didn't do the 150 because they were just too big on my friggin' lap. I probably could have physically done I've it. I've seen those things. They almost, they, they block, if I had put one on my uh, thigh, it would block my face. It's just, they're stacked so high. so damn big. Yeah. So I get the 145s up for like 12, 13 reps, slow too. But I could never go to those 150s. But my point being, I always wanted to get stronger and bigger and stronger. And I didn't know what my threshold was. What do I do? I'll go 90s. I'll go 100s. I kept going up the ladder. Everything was so light. 
I developed a big appetite. I was always breaking down muscle. I'm living in and out of the refrigerator, and I got huge. And I took the proportions of through the clothes. You're a bodybuilder. No. Never That's, a bodybuilder, guys. I was never a bodybuilder. It's such nothing, a compliment, though. I have nothing against them. I'm just I was never a bodybuilder. Yeah. That's not the competition I feel I want to do. All the respect is stand next to someone and look bigger and more symmetrical. I'd rather beat you in a sport. You understand? I'd rather be faster than you on the football field. Mm. I'd rather hit further than you on the baseball field, pitch quicker than you, fight better than you, and do this. I was always that kind of challenger. You know, I always uh, give that a testament too because I was, uh, I got involved in bodybuilding. Well, like I said, I was told, hey, maybe you should try it out. And I checked it out. That wasn't the, that was a precursor, but I still was not fully engaged and I still didn't want to actually do it yet. But I always had a competitive mentality and I knew that nothing was going to happen with basketball because, you know, let's face it, I needed to accept reality for myself and I wanted yeah. to move on from something, right? I, I played basketball a little bit through college. Uh, got to a level where I was comfortable and I said, all right, cool. This was fun. Yeah. I actually wanted something else now. I wanted to shift to something else. And I don't know, just bodybuilding came out of nowhere. It was, I was always a fan of the golden age. I always had yeah. the pictures on my wall. They were all looking like bodybuilders. And I was like, oh, that's the term you use. They're bodybuilders. And and of course, was always a big fan of pumping iron. So I would always oh, watch no. that video too. And at the same time, I said, okay, this is great. I'm going to school. Let me challenge myself. Yeah. I challenged myself to be in the best shape of my life. That's basically what got me involved in bodybuilding. And I said, well, wait, now I can actually use the competitiveness I have Correct. and compete. Yeah. That was fun. And I always took it as a challenge. What's the next challenge? What's the next challenge? What am I going to be doing? What am I going to overcome? Yeah. And that's the one main thing I would say that I would never want to lose from myself again is because it, it makes me who I am. It made me who I am. Yeah. And whenever I remove that component of not the competition, not the bodybuilding, but just making quote unquote bodybuilding a part of my life forever, yeah. it's something I'm always going to be having done for myself. Well, yeah, fitness, you just mentioned before, you don't know how it happened, right? You wanted to be a bodybuilder. Someone told you you should have been a bodybuilder. I think that was inevitable for you. It was more predestined because- What do you think that? You look like a fitness model and you are a fitness model. So they go hand in hand. You understand? Right. It's easy to get caught up and go, I'm a fitness model, as John is. I got to stay in top condition. And perhaps once in the blue, you might see someone that you might respect a little bigger. You might want to try to set the, that might set the tone for you to get a little bit bigger. So they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, you're right. It does. It, it, it brings, they always say that having a rival is a good thing and good rivalry, not a bad rivalry, not, a, not something where you just, you're looking at the guy and you hate his guts. You know, that happens sometimes, the extreme of it. Well, as long as that rival is willing to accept the same competition in, right. the, in the same constructive manner, right? Right. Not many people could do that, right? When you no. find them, what do you do? You hold on dear tight to them because it's the competitive edge that you need. It's not the competitive toxicity that you need. Yes. Correct? It's always now, hey, man, I'll get, I'll get you on the next one. And then yeah. there's a, usually a laugh that comes along with it, and then it's a compliment. Whereas um, nowadays, a lot of that doesn't happen, not in the competitive world with bodybuilders, because I feel like that will always be there in some, in some fashion. Yeah. Well, it's just like having, I don't know if this is true with boxers, you can probably tell me more, but 
if they're they have their um preset interviews and it's it's taped for people to see and they're uh, taking jabs at each other and then yeah do they always hug after the fight not always right wow it's so crazy you asked me that question because a lot earlier i wanted to bring that up we were talking about bodybuilding and i was saying to myself you know what i respect more it's fighting you know why because these people, to answer your question and to elaborate on what you just said, they do have preset things, but they call them pre-fight uh, press conference. Yeah. Press conference. And you got to understand something. The man from the left and the right, they're trying to take food out of that kid's tape, that kid's plate. That's how they see it, right? And there's egos at stake. But they also know we have an underlying fact of respect because you're both willing to step into a ring and possibly not step out of the ring. He's not really injured. So what happens is they got that intense stare down with the referee in between them because they still got something that you that you need too to make the better man win. But in the end, when you're done, the art of war, one's beating the crap out of each other, one's coming back and retaliating, the fight is over. No matter who wins, they embrace, they hug. That's respect. It's a huge respect. And you brought up a point. You don't see that in the gyms, what I'm saying. You don't see that at all in the gyms. And you and, never will. And you know, that's why I think I was so drawn to being part of the bodybuilding world is because I wasn't really getting that in the gym. And and that was something that I missed about being in, involved in basketball is that I wanted to, I like that camaraderie. I like that you can drop 25 points on a guy and he's guarding you all night. And then he looks at you after that, man, man, you had a good game. Can gives I, you a pat on the, gives you a pat on the butt. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I'll tell you something. <laughs> the truth is this too. You could actually demand that. You know what I'm saying? Demand in what way? So you got a fighter on one on, on one end, another fighter on the other end, right? They beat the crap out of each other. They both chase the same title. They're both hungry for the same title. No matter who wins, they hug each other because look what they just put themselves through. You're in the gym. What are you putting yourself through that demands respect and a hug? And I can speak as proof because I've done things in the gym that caught a couple that inspired a couple of people will say that and when they see me I couldn't even tell you their first name but they know my name so i usually go what's up bro give me a hug sometimes and i can feel the hug you understand yeah it's, where is respect. that coming from is he related to me no that's what i'm saying you could create that and again You're that comes with right that's leadership qualities to do that because that's come to command and demand respect is very different you're getting that in a rink I respect you because you're putting your life on the line too. What's not to respect? It's similar to me than going to a guy that served the country, really. You put him, shake his hand the same sure, way. Sure, that happens very often. I, I'm a culprit. I've done it before. I mean, we all should do it more, but people that come back, you you thank the man. Or a firefighter. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to big, big Dave Diesel, ladder 243. And also my brother, firefighter as well. Numero, Runs in my family. Numero uno. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, you know, it's a heroic thing in a lot of ways, to be able to give that respect back. Yes, you have to be just as dedicated and genuine. I mean, I like to do that as well, especially if I'm in the gym where I see that someone has a little bit of a competitive nature from lifting weights, and this happens all the time. And It's, it's just manly. Yeah, it's just manly. A, it's a manly thing, right? It's a manly trait that I feel we have, and we you know, should either embrace it or just get rid of it, but it's there. Right? It's an instinct. I call it embrace or disgrace. Yeah, exactly. And that part of me, 
is always going to be inherently in tune to it. I see it, but I always go and make it my business. If I see something happening and someone's lifting as hard as I am and they're not really playing games, they're just there to lift and I'm doing the same, I'll give them a little, a little look over and a grin. Now that you can't see, I have a, I have a mask on. I'm, I always wear a mask, guys, but that's just me, <laughs> especially in the gyms. But anyways, not plugging that. I will say that when I do take it off to take a sip of water, I give a grin and a little smile. And it usually evokes a little smile of mutual respect, like, yep, I saw what you were doing. You saw what I was doing. I'm going to give you that nod as well because we're feeding off of each other. Yeah. You know, guys, I know John since he's 22. I, I know him a long time. When I haven't seen him in about maybe 10 years. Yeah. I was in the gym in Bay Ridge. Shout out to Hobbit Fitness, 92nd and 4th. I'm sitting, I'm standing there foam rolling. And this guy comes behind me. What's up? And you can see he's smiling because his eyes are becoming chinky. But you can't quite see down here what the fuck's going on. And he's got a black mask and a black hat. I thought the Unabomber came to bring me a Federal Express package or something. He looked <laughs> like Ninja Gaiden or somebody. I don't know who he was. <laughs> You're all in black. You got the brown, dark brown eyeballs and you're wearing all black. You're delivering a message in my mind. <laughs> so I know him so long. I just wanted to shake his hand. Man, I'm going to get this mic out of my way. And that's my way of bringing up also when you say about the mask, you kind of remember me back when I first saw you. I yeah, said, it was. this guy coming in? I mean, man? most recently when that happened, it was kind of like. going to say identify yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. It was well, back in February. Yeah. And then <laughs> when, uh, I went. Did a double take, and then I waited, and then you gave me a shocked look when I took the mask off. You're like, "Oh my god, that you're the person that was underneath that thing." Yeah, it was pretty funny when I saw it. But I remember we took a picture and we were kind of yeah. like hanging out for a little bit. I want to step. We, I want to take two steps backwards for a second. Yeah, remember when you said that when you see someone really growling and grunting hard in the gym, and you like you'll acknowledge him. Yeah, not that, the not the extreme like. Not those. Read my mind. Yeah, not I was those. Gonna say, how do you differentiate who you're saying hi to? Yeah, versus who might be wanting you to say hi in the, for the wrong reasons. Well, I see the I see the hard work trait, and I don't mean that you know, guys, you're not gonna just get my respect in the gym by saying I, I'm working really hard. That's gonna get it immediately, by the way, if you do encounter me. But you will also get it by just being human and humble. And not having to show off something because if you really wanted me wow. to, I can show off even better than you could in the same in the same quadrant. And and that's being a little part of the arrogant side of me. But I know what I'm capable of at certain parts, right? When you're when you're talking about now this this sport and what I was able to do and what people are trying to accomplish, I'm never gonna be arrogant to you. But I will say, when I do encounter the ones that growl and it happened to me. What uh, it happened to me last week? I was in I was in the gym, and again, I'm doing either squat or deadlift, and I uh, I get underneath the bar and I I do my weight, and I you're gonna drop the bar. I've I've worked out with powerlifters my whole life, okay, and I know the exact technique and the protocol because these guys are champions, and they've taught me a lot. And the bar is gonna drop, okay, but guess what? They have rubber on the sides of these professional deadlifting quadrants that you have, okay? You put the weight on and usually I can tell you lift the bar up and then it's almost, it's very Olympian. It's very, very professional where you just, you let go of the bar, you go back down, you do your set. It's the other ones that won't get the respect that 
look at you, look at the weight, then lift the bar up and scream and then just purposely, forcefully push the weight down like they're throwing it out of their vicinity again for just one rep. I, for I, just one rep. Oh, you paint a good picture. I can see something like that. Right That's now. the part that I, I, I laugh at personally. I laugh at it. And I know that I will never acknowledge you now because you just did that. And Why do you laugh at that exactly? I laugh at it because it's so funny to me that someone either at that capacity has the capability to do that weight maybe five or six times, right? Maybe he can do it in a way where he's accurately doing the workout and he's maybe competing towards something. He has the capability to do that, but he chose, right. he had a choice. He chose to do something that would incriminate himself by saying, I'm the arrogant asshole that runs this area, so what? So that indirectly aggravated you, correct? It indirectly aggravated me and my default mechanism is I don't engage. I just laugh about it because it's so funny to me. Let me tell you the something. The ego is so funny. It's aggravating me hearing it right now. I could see it. I could see it because it's happened to you so many times. I just seen a multitude of faces. Okay. I won't say mention faces, but how was that for you when you would see that kind of stuff? Because it's, it's a different playing field with you. I walk away. I walk right away. Sometimes I pretend I'm going to the bathroom and take the piss that doesn't even exist. I'll go wash my hands. I'll come back out. Hopefully they're gone. I, I don't linger in that area. Anything that happens to me from that point of exposure is dependent on me, what I do. Because he's not going to go nowhere. He's looking for something. Are you going to give it to him? Not me. <laughs> right. I disappear. I it's disappear. not even engaging it. Yeah, man, because it's, it's in, inviting negative energy that's trying to invite you. Almost like misery loves company, but company doesn't like misery. You understand? Yeah. So I, I leave. There's a million things you can do if you know how to become instinctual. Instinct. They call it instinctive training. You go in the gym where your heart is set on doing the Smith machine. I don't know why, but your heart is, is set. It happens there. to me a lot. Yeah. But you go in there and someone's taking it. They're not just taking it. They're sitting down, going through. Google, Google notes like this. Oh yeah. Instagram. I've, I've seen that happen a Facebook. lot. Facebook. I walk away. You got to know, I got to go to this bench or I'll come back to that. You understand? You got to well, instinctually know how to move and how to gravitate to something different in case you got someone like that. That for me and you, I think comes so easily for instinct, instinctive training because we've done it so long and we were so in tune with that. We're, we're professionals at that, at that level. It is where, an old school tactic, correct? Yeah. yeah, it is an old school tactic. A lot of people can't quite grasp that initially, but you get the hang of it is all I can say is you get to know, I don't know, it's like buying a new car. You get to know the car eventually after driving it for so long. But when you're in there, yeah, that happens. I see someone on the bench and I really want to use it, but hey, I go, okay, great. Can't do that. Deviate to this and this and this and this and this. That yeah. thing's free. I'm going to go there now. Okay, let me put this way. It's almost like a symphony. Yeah. But circling back to even our topic at hand, I had a question. You mentioned the stuff about boxing and how the other man is looking at the other man in a press conference. Mm -hmm. And you know that that, that guy, it rang a bell for me where it's, he's trying to take that other person's food off his table kid's plate off his kid's plate it's, even, it's worse. even worse exactly it's even worse do you think that it's like that now and why it, the steroids are so prevalent in the mr olympia contests because they have that same feeling that that guy that's going to win is going to take food off of his table yeah yeah i could see that and that next guy it's just an evolution of that kind of a sport 
mm-hmm. where, okay, they're looking for the next best thing. Great. He's taking this. I've got to match that or else I'm not going to get that big. Yeah. And I've got to now take him down because I need to eat. How do I feel about that? You said? Yeah. Do you think that, that, that could be a reason as well for also having to use so much with the intent of now I've got to put food on my table. I've got to eat because this is all I know how to do. It's my only trait. Are you saying a person takes more PEDs now because they have a threat of not getting what both people are chasing after? Yeah. So they want to accelerate that or use a facilitator to get beyond their competition. To win. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's peer pressure. It's part of peer pressure. Everything I said before. Absolutely. I feel like sometimes people don't need an excuse to do it. They're just lazy and they want to get big quick. But yes, that's most definitely, even in my case, it was at one point, you have a goal you're chasing. You, you're going to have to use PEDs. Even fighters use PEDs. Maybe not ones to bulk them up, but ones that make them aggressive. It's an aggressive sport. They know what they're signing themselves up for, right? Yeah. I, it's all over is what I'm saying. I, I know people who bowl, who bowl and use it. Yeah, right? It's so odd. It makes you think that, Yeah, right? it does make me think. Because you don't always associate PEDs with muscle size. That's mm. a common problem. That's a common thing for me as well. Do you know back in the day, uh, I don't know his name. What's that runner's name that got tested positive for Turinabol, the oral steroid? It recently or was it back? A while ago. Was it for cycling? I don't know what he no. was doing, but he was caught in his blood. Okay. Or his urine. You remember his name? I'm not, I'm not sure. I know, I know what you're the talking about. The marathon runner? Yeah, I know what you're guy, talking about. I just don't something remember Something Jones, the name. I think. Uh... He beat everyone in the marathon runs, but when they tested his urine, it was blood. He came up positive for that, so he banned that substance. It's the same way with the baseball players, and we all know the whole stuff with the Mark McGuire's and the Sammy Sosa's and all that stuff, and they had the home run record, right? Was it a marathon It was recently run? broken by, uh, by Judge from the Yankees. And they were counting that because it was broken by what they, I don't know what they found inside that was being used in the sport of baseball. So it was a banned substance, steroid abuse from that. Talking about Mark McGuire? Yeah. Mark McGuire and his, uh, his rookie year for the Oakland A's, he had 49 home runs. I remember that. I remember his rookie Fleer card was worth a lot of money. I don't know. Did he make it to the Hall of Fame? I don't, I believe they did not put him in the Hall of Fame because really? of the abuse of that. Well, then that card ain't going to be worth If I'm wrong, this- everyone, just let me know in the comments. I'm not mm-hmm. super attuned to baseball. Then that card's not going to be worth this much money. But okay, he had 49 home runs, right? Now, where are you going with this? Some guy named Dredd, Judge, what was his name? Yeah, well, he just broke the record from the, on the Yankees of counting the home run record. Yeah. But I, I'm saying that the use of the drugs mm-hmm. was banned in that sport, but maybe for the same reasons why they, they wanted to attain this oh, yeah, ultimate yeah, yeah. goal of, you know, breaking a record or, or yeah. being enhanced to be able to hit more home runs or not being strong enough to do that. I don't think there's even a connection with that in baseball, really. And when a lot of people talk about this with me, I bring up Ken Griffey Jr. For those who know baseball, the rookie at one point, and he was a baseball player, center fielder. Mm-hmm. Seattle Mariners. He hit like, I think it was 60 home runs. This guy was six feet tall, maybe 165. No bulk on him. It's pure bat speed. They used to train baseball players and put their, their baseball bat underneath water. 
He was one of them, Ken Griffey Jr. He swung a bat underwater. Don't ask me how much feet of water. I have no idea. Just as quick as outside the water. And that's why he was a home run hitter. And that's how you hit home runs, bro. It's bat speed, right? Okay, because that's what I was trying to understand. Because I, I don't know much about baseball, and I'll admit that. But what, what struck me was, okay, wow, they're using... They didn't count something because of a steroid use, and now they're counting something because it wasn't used rightly so. But why was the enhancement so? Why was the need for an enhancement? So prevalent. What was the need for? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people understand that it increases recovery quicker. So let's say a baseball pitcher's on a four-day roster, a three-day roster. Hard. I highly doubt that even exists. But if it does, this will accelerate his recovery because he's being mandated to pitch that frequent, so he recovers quicker. Doesn't it make sense? Ah, uh, my arm is still sore, being natural. They take recovery. You're getting paid millions of dollars a year. They're going to take something that's trivial, that's petty to them. So they take it for the recovery purposes. I, I'm, I like to believe and think no baseball player believes that taking PEDs is not, it's gonna, not going to make them bigger. They know they're going to get bigger. It's going to slow you down. You got to run around bases. You got to run in between third and short if you're a shortstop, deep in the hole. You got to... You may overrun a fly ball. You may misjudge a fly ball. This is where conditioning comes in. Muscles don't help in that situation. They, they require more oxygen. You slow down. They took them for the recovery purposes, not to mention the anti-aging purposes from growth hormone. And taking growth hormone with testosterone potentiates the effects. They, these, these guys got Hollywood trainers, guys that know what they're doing. Baseball players don't wake up understanding growth hormone. These are guys who are trained to throw a ball and hit a ball, but they're being given the best trainers that optimize their best performance and they give them all the advice. So it's for recovery. Well, I want to leave that last thought with you as we close this segment is what do you think, where do you think people need to draw the line with steroid usage? And I'm not saying appropriateness of it. I'm saying that where, where, do, where do people need to actually contemplate if it's beneficial, we all know, we all hear the, hear the stories, but just hearing stuff about recovery, that would make sense. Okay. I need more, I need more active recovery. You have rookies that come out of here that don't know nothing about a lot of this stuff. And a lot of the times it is pretty prevalent and you won't know until they're tested. But at the same time is where, where do we draw that line? Where do we draw that line between this? Uh, wait, that's a good question. It doesn't have to be aligned if you know what you're doing, right? But if you don't know what you're doing and you got involved and you, you know something's wrong and you have to create a line, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is if you got to get a line. I know some guys that have taken it, they take it as so incorrectly and they don't take their shot. They don't time their shots. When you don't time your shots or time your pills, your body's testosterone becomes counterbalanced with estrogen. I know guys that would sit there and have a box of Kleenex tissue sitting next to them when they watch a, watching Lifetime channels. What are you doing? Oh, my mother was watching this. Why are you crying? You understand? Like when you start seeing shit like that happen, either either fix it and time time this stuff. That's a that's a that's a sign, a red flag saying it's okay something's off. Definitely a red flag. So fix it, modify it, and if it continues to happen, no matter what you do, come off of it. Just come off of it. Draw the line when you start seeing side effects that you cannot control. Not a little acne, control it. Clean your diet up, right? You got acne. Maybe it's a, a, um, a mistimed shot. Time your shots, right? 
But yeah, now you're driving a car haphazardly, like driving on sidewalks. You want to hurt people. You got you to stop doing that. Because maybe you're an asshole to begin with, and this is making you into a super asshole. Go back to an asshole. You're better that way. You know what I mean? Now, advocating for this, because now that you have, have changed and you have also ridden the train and you understand the repercussions of certain things, for yourself, what would you, what would you advise people? Why would you advise people against this now rather than for it? Well, for starters, I never took the express train. That's for sure. I was on the slow train. Now, why would I be, why would I dissuade people from taking it? Yeah. Know yourself. If you know who you are, it's not going to hurt you to take it when you're at an age, at an age that you want to competitively do something that you need a competitive edge. Not competing with your buddy in a bench press contest. If you're a baseball player, you know, if, if, if you're a wrestler, I personally don't see any, any issue with it. I'm not saying do it and go against what the laws are in the world. But I would definitely not take it at all at certain at 21, 22, anything below like 30 years old. And the reason I say that is because testosterone starts to plummet in your 30s. Not quite 30. I say 33, 34, to be honest with you. If you, if you can go that far, even better. It starts to plummet. It doesn't mean you run to the doctor. You start seeing like you got a girlfriend, your sex drive is going down. You know, you play baseball every Sunday, you slowly stop showing up because just going to work is a drag. Go get your blood tested. You know, you're 34 now. Check, well, run a hormonal panel. You see your testosterone's low. You're only doing a good thing, a righteous thing by yourself by putting back in, in your body little by little with Father Time try to take it from you. And we'll eventually take everything from you, by the way. But little by little, don't jump into it and do it like what you see online. Don't. Look at the gurus or the self-proclaimed gurus. Just do things strategically. If you don't know, learn. And don't be selling shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great last point, man. I always love doing these conversations and I say that a lot, but you're an honest guy. And you give honest advice. And that's why we do this together is to kind of put that out there for people so that they understand that there are two sides to a coin. There's people that will, and not everyone, not everyone's going to be a, a scumbag or bad, right? But A scale bag? What? A scale bag. That's my bad here. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear. <laughs> not everyone's going to be bad, period. But we do want to put real advice out there and hopefully people would listen because we, you know, I have experience with certain topics and John has experience with certain topics. And then Tons we engage in that and we give the advice that we have lived through. So we hope that it helps. We hope that you uh, follow us, subscribe to us, do all that good stuff. Let us know in the comments section if you like anything, dislike anything. Come out and chat if you want one of these days. I mean, we'd love to have people on. I mean, obviously, um, ones that are really interested, we love to hear from you first. But um this is Training Game Podcast. I'm John Kioskarigis. Follow me on Instagram at John underscore Kioskarigis. Follow the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. I'm John DePaulo. You can follow me at unique underscore physique 23. That's my Instagram. Thank you all for joining us. We love you.